Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from the book of Hebrews chapter 1. We're switching gears here at Westgate. You probably notice our readings and our podcast track along with sermon series that we're doing. Uh, we have just finished up a series on the Ten Commandments. We've looked a lot at Deuteronomy. We've looked a lot at Exodus. Now we're looking at the book of Hebrews, and also we're going to look at the Psalter at times because the Psalms make up so much of the argument in the book of Hebrews. You're going to see some Psalms in your readings. You're going to see the book of Hebrews in your readings. And today, we're reading Hebrews chapter 1. Now I want to give you some background information about this book It's a magnificent book. It's some of the best Greek in in the New Testament. Whoever wrote this book really knew their stuff. So this is a very educated person, a very good speaker. This is actually a sermon. It's a unique book in the Bible. It's not really like an epistle, like Paul's epistles. It's written as an exhortation, and it has all the markers of a sermon. So whoever wrote this was probably a Hellenistic Jew. This would be a Jewish person with a strong background in Greco-Roman culture. They would understand the rhetorical techniques, the speaking techniques of the Greeks. Most people have classified the book of Hebrews as a synagogue-type sermon. In the synagogues, if you went, like, say, in the city of Rome, there was a certain type of sermon you would listen to in the synagogue. It had a certain structure to it. And so scholars have noticed that this book demonstrates the structure of a synagogue sermon. So this is what the book of Hebrews is is really. So you would imagine someone giving oratory. So this is being read and to be heard as a sermon coming from a preacher that knows these people. We know the writer of Hebrews knows the church that he's writing to. More than likely, it's the church at Rome. More and more scholars have come to the consensus it was written to the church at Rome. So imagine a house church listening to this sermon. What's going on with this group of people is more than likely they have converted from Judaism to Christianity. And now the reality is set in that life is not easy being a Christian. They've lost their Jewish brethren. They've lost their support mechanism. And now persecution is coming their way. And they're thinking about going back to Judaism. And so the writer of Hebrews is exhorting them and saying, don't do that. And the the number one theme of this book is Jesus is better. You could just say the word better. Christ is better. Christ is preeminent. So that's what he's going to hammer away at over and over again. My personal opinion, maybe this could be Apollos that wrote this book. We don't know who wrote it. Probably not the Apostle Paul. There's a lot of reasons it's not the Apostle Paul. For the longest people have thought that, but there's a lot of good reasons it's not the Apostle Paul. Later on, Next year, I'm going to teach through the book of Hebrews at church, so I'll get into some of these reasons why it's probably not Paul in more detail. But my personal opinion, it could be Apollos. Apollos kind of fits the description of a person that would write something like this. Now, I'm going to do something different today before I read the passage. I'm going to read the first verse in Greek. I'm not trying to bore you, but I want you to listen for a sound in verse 1 that you're going to hear over and over again, and there's a reason I'm doing this. Uh, So I want you to hear how they would have heard this when it was read in the house church. So this is verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 1 in the Greek. Polymeros ka palatropos palai ha theos lalesis tois patrasin in tois 
prophetes. Maybe you noticed a sound that happened over and over again. There are five words that start with a P sound, pa sound, in verse 1. And my point in telling you this is this book is alliterated. This is like a speech where a person is using the same sound over and over again. So the writer of Hebrews a lot of times is going to craft his book, his argument using the same sounds or the same thoughts. He's going to use different words to describe different things. I love how verse 1 begins with two words, polymeros ka polytropos, in many ways, in many times. Or you could say bit by bit, God revealed himself over a long period of time. That's what he's saying with those two, two words that, that start with the same sound. Uh, so he's alliterating his argument. I just wanted you to hear that with your own ear, that this is going to happen over and over again in the book of Hebrews. So I want to read through the whole of chapter 1, and let's talk about some application for us, because this, this could be a podcast that goes a long time if we're not careful. There's just so much here. And this is Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and ministers of flame of fire. But of the son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever the scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remained. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe. You will roll them up like a garment. They will be changed, but you are the same, and your ears will have no end. And to which the angels he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? So it's really interesting how the writer begins this book. Think of people that are struggling, that are discouraged. God, where are you? I am being persecuted and you're nowhere to be found. And Paul says, let me tell you something, or here I am, I'm messing up, Paul. <laughs> Maybe Apollos. Who knows who it is that writes this book? It's one of the only books in the New Testament we don't know the writer for. But he says, long ago, over long periods of time, bit by bit, God has revealed himself, but he has revealed himself conclusively in Jesus Christ. You see, God is not hidden. God has revealed himself in the person and work of Jesus. If you want to see God Look at Jesus. God humbled himself and became a human being. So he goes into this majestic view of who Jesus is. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. I mean, when you think of the glory of God, uh, intense glory, Jesus has that same glory. He has the very same nature as the Father. 
And by the power of the word of Jesus, he upholds the world. And that's power right there. That by his very word, the world is being upheld. But this is not just an aloof Jesus. This is Jesus who made purification for our sins. He died for us on the cross. There's the crucifixion in verse 3. And after he died and was resurrected, he sat down at the right hand of the Father on high. He reigns right now. The book of Hebrews is going to make a really big point about what is Jesus doing right now. He's not checked out. It's not that he doesn't care about these suffering people. He is at the right hand of the Father ministering on our behalf. Then he gets into this discussion of angels. And for Jews, this would be very important because angels were there mediating the law of Moses. They were the ones that helped deliver the law of Moses. We see in Deuteronomy 32 that when God came to Mount Sinai, he came with myriads and myriads of angels. So angels were involved in the Old Testament, in the giving of the law. And so what the writer of Hebrews is going to do is say, Jesus is much greater than the angels. He humbled himself and became a human being, but he was exalted high above the angels. And angels are even sent here to minister to those who have salvation, us. So that would be good news for people that are suffering, that even the angels are there to minister unto us. That's what God gave them as their charge and their mission. But Jesus is so much greater than the angels. I mean, he goes through, he calls Jesus God at one point, if you picked up on that. He says specifically, you are God, Jesus is. He is the exalted Son of God at the right hand of the Father. And so that's encouraging for these people that are struggling. You have a Savior. The Messiah is much more than just the the hope of Israel. The Messiah is the Lord of all, who had a part in creation, who is the very glory of God. So God is not hidden. God has spoken conclusively in Jesus. There's no need to doubt about what God's will is or what God thinks or where God is. It's perfectly revealed in Jesus Christ. And when you have faith in Christ, all kinds of things are unlocked for you. All the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies become yours because of what Christ did. So in Hebrews 1, this wonderful preacher who is so talented, who's using all the conventions of his day, who would be one great preacher to listen to, and that day and time, is conveying emphatically that Jesus is better. He's greater. Why in the world would you want to go back to that old way of life when you have Christ Jesus, a God who has spoken conclusively and has revealed himself? Well, I hope this has helped you understand this chapter. I hope now you have some understanding of the book of Hebrews as we march through it, some background material about the writer and what's going on and what this book is all about. Once again, it's a great sermon. So as we read through it, think of it. This is a sermon that's being read to a church where this preacher really loves these people and cares about them and they're struggling. He's encouraging them. And let this be encouragement for our discouraged souls too. Hope you have a great day. I hope you join us back for tomorrow's podcast as we jump into the Psalms. We'll look at one of the Psalms that forms the background of chapter one. So you're going to hear something familiar tomorrow. Uh, that you heard in today's reading from the Psalter. God bless you.